everybody, and welcome to show number 63 of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. My name is Jimmy Palumbo, and I, of course, am the host of the Jimmy Palumbo Show, trying to say my name as much as I can. Of course, I'm coming to you live from the undefeated media studios, also live from the Chop Sports Studios, even though I'm not in downtown Matawan. I am in downtown Wyckoff. Of course, I have so many people behind the glass for these shows. I have Doug Friedman behind the glass here at Undefeated Media and also behind the glass, the journeyman, the veteran. That's right. Chris Gucci from Chop. Journeyman. You're like from my show. You're the one who just never leaves. You're always on the. I don't mean a journeyman in terms of like you're with eight teams. I mean the guy, you know, you're like the, you're Brett Gardner. He's just always supposed to be there. All right. Fair point. If I was the GM, you would be starting in. Uh, left field, but that's another story for another time. We'll get to that later. Chris Gucci, good evening, everybody. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. All right. Doing well, this pretty good. Just- I have an issue with my wallet, which we could talk about if you'd like, but I'll let you kind of go through your little rundown. But I'm fresh on the heels of like a situation outside. As right, you, well, you said, we're sending I a believe, link. I believe your situation requires a little delay in my number 63. I, what is your situation? So Last week, we went outside and played wiffle ball next to the tennis courts outside the studio. And First of all, you're playing wiffle ball, so right away, you're very, very cool to me. Yeah. Like, I, well, I, this I was, is very uncool of I me. Was, yeah, I'd be dating you right now. That's so the, the intent was to play wiffle ball inside the tennis courts. There's a bench outside. So I took I my mean, stuff out of my I mean, pocket. Somebody has a short porch, and someone has a deep shot. Yeah, right? yeah. Wiffle uh, ball great. in the tennis courts is great. I'm, I was um, one of the so best wiffle ball players of all time. Just I put my wallet down on the bench. Then the tennis court was locked, so we were like, oh, we can't play in there. So I moved like 10 feet to the side, and then I put the rest of my stuff, my phone down on the the grass on the ground. So when we were done playing, I picked up my phone, picked up my stuff, and just walked away. Realized I left my wallet there. The landscapers came by, and they cut the grass. So I was like, when I see these guys, I'm going to ask them. So our producer for The Daily Show was outside, said the grass guys are here. He went up to him and asked, said, oh, yeah, I saw the wallet. It was on the bench. It, it got wet. And then yeah. from that point on, they forgot how I to speak English. So he was like, okay, so where is it? And he's like, oh, I don't know. There's a lot of guys that come in and out of here. I don't know who has it. Whoa. Uh, you know. Here we go. So they walk away. Rob calls me, and he says, um, you know, they don't know where it is. As I'm walking over there, I see the, the guys looking in the bushes. So now I'm trying to figure out a way to convey to them, look, I know there was money in there. I don't even really care about the money, even though I do. Just give me so the wallet. Ha- so it looks like to me they, they saw the wallet, took the cash, and tossed the wallet into the bushes. So right now I got a team outside in Manawan excavating the the outside the tennis courts while I'm doing the Jimmy Palumbo show. So This is good. So they're all but looking for your wallet right now. There is. Rob's out there, and he's you know videotaping it. So now, we'll see. Maybe we get a good content gonna, uh, out of this. Are you going to be calling the authorities? Um, I think if anything, what I would do in this case before I would do something like that, because it is on my part. They didn't steal the wallet, but I might just call the number on the truck. How did the wallet go from the bench? To first the things first, I'm going to call the number on the truck, talk to the owner of the company and say, hey, look, you know, there was an admission that they saw my wallet and thereafter there there's nothing. So. Uh, we get to well, the bottom of this. If the money is gone, that's fine. Um, I just want to know what, where in the woods did you throw the wallet? It sounds to me like you're going to have to. Um, uh, well, yeah, but you got to get a new license, new credit card. What a pain in the ass! Yep, that is. yep. 
tough right, situation. Well, listen, and it's Memorial Day, true. and I got no idea. You need all I that. No, so I got a, you know, I got a situation. Well, you know, listen, I think every show we should start off with what Chris lost. This week. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> honestly lengthy. Or your uh, or your, your soul, but I know you lose your soul many times <laughs> over the week, but maybe not right before the show. So you know what? We say a little prayer to my grandfather. To find Chris Gucci's wallet, and I believe before the end of the show, you will have your wallet. That's my call. Um, that would be a Ooh, cool. That would be. But we're gonna. So hope Chris gets his wallet. That's a big drag. You got to deal with landscapers and all that stuff. And it's really easy to start becoming angry at landscapers, um, and that that will end. Uh, that that'll never end well. So we got show number sixty three. That's right on the Jimmy Palumbo show here from the Omni in. Atlanta slash undefeated media slash chop sports media. Um, all right. Listen, I was going to go with Marcus Thames, the coach of the Yankees. I also was going to go with Doug Van Horn, a longtime uh, giant offensive lineman, only because he played 12 years on the Giants from like, I don't know, 68 to 79. I think the Giants won eight games in that period. and He started all 12. So he sucked. Um, but then I was going to go with Carl Nelson. He was uh, on the 86 Giants, uh, third-round pick. You know, he was the voice of the radio for a while. He's always like your Gene Upshaw's Hall of Fame guy. But I decided to do a little research because we've been struggling lately with this, this bit, Christopher. And um, I'm going to dedicate this show, number 63, to the 63 New York Giants who played in the NFL Championship and lost to the Chicago Bears 14-10. And the reason why I find it funny is because people don't realize, um, you know, how huge the Giants were in the 40s, 50s, and early 60s. Like, they, 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 they were, like, bigger than the Cowboys, really, in retrospect. Just as big as the Packers by, you know, equal to the Packers. I think, in fact, Packers. that might have been the, the year before the Packers started their first three-peat. Or their right. second so, three-peat. Yeah, but the Giants were a big entity. Obviously, New York sports and – and the Yankees were also good. And of course, when you were a New York team, you always got better players, better money, all that stuff. But this game was very interesting to me. Y.A. Tittle at quarterback. They lost 14 to 10, but the score was 14 to 10 at the end of three. It was four degrees with windshield of minus 11 on December 29th, which how funny is that? So the Super Bowl was played on December 29th, which is funny. Also, the game was at Wrigley Field, which I think is cool. And Wrigley Field never hosted a championship football game again after that. Um, but Y.A. Tittle, who was, like, probably the best quarterback in the league, he really had, like, you know, pure offensive numbers for the early 60s that weren't quite like they are today. But he threw five picks in the game, which think about if Aaron Rodgers played in the Super Bowl, all right, or Tom Brady, and they threw five picks and lost 14 to 10 when – you average 32 points a game, right? And then you only say Rodgers had 32 points a game, and then in the Super Bowl, he only scores 10 with nothing in the fourth quarter. The, the papers would be loaded up. That was why he tittled until I did a little more research. He actually got hurt like in the second quarter really bad. And back then, you know what they did, right? They gave him Novocaine directly into the so knee. So he played with a broken <laughs> bone in his throwing arm. <laughs> <laughs> Probably out, like if it happened now, you'd be out. You'd be like Chad Green. You wouldn't play for five years. So I'm I mean, going to blow your mind with my 63 when you're done because okay, there's on. so All many right. parallels here. All right. So uh, it's also the last title game the Bears won till 85. I thought that was interesting. 
And I thought something, this was kind of funny. I kind of giggled at this one. Um, the the Bears won. Each player got 5900 bucks. all right? And the losing player got 4200 bucks. That broke all records for money made by players. But here's the key thing. You look at it and you go, well, what's the difference? Like, you know, the winning team gets 5900 the loser 4200 do you know how much money seventeen hundred dollars was in nineteen sixty three? That was like saying, "Oh, you get a house, or you don't get a house." You know, what I mean? like that was a monumental. Uh, so you could tell, like, could you imagine having some jerk off dogging it uh, during the game, or one of these? I don't want to say. Uh, I don't mean. I don't want to say like a Deion Sanders guy because he was actually like a prima donna. Yes, a prima donna or somebody like storming to the sidelines or sulking, and you had and you had the equivalent of like you know half a million dollars at stake because this jerk off. Like I can only imagine it must have been like offensive linemen must have just been the leaders because like imagine some cornerback is being a punk. You just go up to him and just there's no cameras on the sidelines. Back then, when the like corners weren't even important because they barely threw. So right, and you the, just go up to him and you probably just said the way the NFL was then was so different. Right. But if, can you imagine being like physically stronger? You would just go up to the guys, listen, I, I, we're going to kill you after the game if you don't. And I always hear stories about why players in the 40s and 50s hustled out to win the World Series because a lot of players, if you won the World Series, you didn't have to work over the summer. Could you imagine being on a bench and you're trying to make the, you're trying to win the uh, your division and it's 110 degrees out? And you know, if we make the playoffs, the amount of money I win the World Series, I don't have to work all summer at my dad's farm. And yeah, some guys not running just out of different. What about guys? Like, let's not talk about it. The guys were going to war in the middle of their <laughs> career. So crazy. Anyway, work was it was so a I guarantee. Thought, I thought that was interesting. So that's a '63 Giants, and after that, the Giants sucked till really uh, 1981, when, ladies and gentlemen, number 56 Lawrence Taylor came, and that was that. So that's my '63. The '63 Giants. What do you got? All right. So you first thing I'll do is I'll go through the obligatory like NFL linemen. We have several Hall of Famers. Number number 63 is actually pretty well represented in the NFL Hall of Fame. There's seven what, members. What's different in 62? Um, oh, seven. I didn't even see that. Seven members in the NFL Hall of Fame. Gene Upshaw, Darmani Dawson, um, just to name a couple. But there is one interesting one, which I'll get to in a moment. But first, I did want to bring up Marcus Thames or Tim's because he was going to be one of the guys that I chose, but I couldn't not choose the guy because okay. once I heard you're, you were doing the 63 giants, I was like, all right, I'm going to go with a different guy. Right. But I was there for Marcus Tim's first home run as a Yankee in his career. I, I, and it was all Randy funny, Johnson. I, it was funny. You were there, but I watched that live. I remember that. I thought, yeah, I remember he looked Randy like Johnson. Crazy. He looked like he was going to be the great. I was like, this guy's going to be awesome. It was against <laughs> the diamondbacks in interleague and, Randy right. Johnson just yeah, uh, yeah, made a I mistake and Marcus Timms made him pay. But I call them Mikey Timms for the entire game because that's what we – I think they even announced him as that because it was right. his debut. But I'm going to go and with was, quarterback. When he became the hitting coach, he was the hitting coach, right? Yeah. I was so irritated because I'm like – that was I was like, why are they hiring a guy who we, as a fan, you think was a shitty hitter and he's the hitting coach? It turns out hitting coaches in Major League Baseball are loaded with – guys who couldn't hit yeah it's not about it's, it's one thing I coaching is not hitting it's different but my guy number 63 quarterback from the new york giants the 1963 new york giants ya tittle now wait a minute now see i saw that but i thought again the reason why i'm even in business with undefeated media is number one they're adorable but number two uh 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 
I get confused when I research a number because if a guy wore a number for eight seconds, they listed as him wearing the number. I thought YA Tittle was number 64. That's what came up on the list I was at. Hey, I'm saying it's seven Hall of Famers. I don't know when he wore it, but it said he wore it it for seasons. And number 63, quarterback, YA Tittle, New York Giants. My brother's going to kill me because, number one, I should know that it was 63. And um, uh, but I thought he, I said, maybe he was 64. Uh, but now so you got me. Number no, 63, yeah, that's a good one. You got it. You got me there. I suck. So Frank, don't text me that I suck because I'm saying it on the air now. Um, there's also a famous picture of Y.A. Tittle all bloodied up in the end zone. You ever see that one? It's in black and white. Of course. It's like the famous top, probably top 20 NFL uh, older NFL pictures. I have a book that's like, like the top 100 NFL pictures of all time, and that's definitely. In there, 100%. he looks like he did, you know. To me, he looks like that. That to me is what a, a Rutgers fan in football looks like after the season. They should just show me in the end zone, all bloodied up. But uh, all right, so that's it. We got very we got YA Tittle all over the place here, Jay. And of course, Marcus, is it Tim's? Am I saying it wrong? Tim's. It's Tim's. All right. Anyway, so that's it. Show number sixty-three. Now let's get right to it. We have the weight loss segment here, sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. That's right. 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. For the creepy people out there, it's 732-326-EYES. I know Janine loves that. It's owned by Craig and Janine Michaud. That's right. Um, it's a, 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 They're opticians. They're the best. Craig's my right center fielder on my softball team when I had a softball team. And um, they're full-service opticians. They got prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses. They got Safety glasses, glasses for the kids, eye exams. They have different brands. Your attention, please. Now available at Absolute Eyewear, Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. They got discounts for all the, you know, AAA, AARP, $100 off a complete pair of eyeglasses when you mention this podcast of course chris is still blind as a bat he refuses to go they've been in business like 18 years or something like that they're open five days a week chris they're closed on wednesday why are they closed wednesday it's obviously softball day and why are they closed on sundays pretty sure that's football there you go chris i love just including you that's the way we we, we satisfy the contract by including you in the end um of course, I see I see posts by Janine on Chop Sports and on her Facebook. She's always at cool places, but we never get invited to these cool places. You ever notice that? She's always yeah. at like lakes and mountains and skiing. And I'm in like, you know, I'm I'm here in like Paramus. Um, but go check out Absolute Eyewear. Now, let's get right to it. I have a friend of mine's company sponsoring my fatness, which I think is uh, that's the only way to go. Last week I came in at 202.5 which was, uh, you know, um, not where I wanted to be. This week, I came in at 199.9. So I am in my April 1st Avenel show weight. Now, I wanted to be down to 195 by this show, but then I had, a, I had to appeal to the, to the government, and we got to move to your – I'm going to be doing – somehow you're going to include me in your show on Thursday on Chop Sports Daily Show, which is a great show. Got to check it out with – Dave Sturcho and Chris Gucci at 11 a.m. live. Um, I just don't know if I can get from 199.9 to 195 by Thursday. 
unless, and this is where I need you, Chris. Now, I haven't really included you and asked you for help much with my world. But you mentioned something last week about whether this was a championship bout or a a non-championship bout. And there's a two or three pound weight limit. So here's what we're going to do. I will announce my weight on your show on my birthday. And it's also whose else's birthday it is. It's Chris my birthday, Gucci's of course. Yeah, I'll be so 40, birthday bro. day here at Shea. You're 40. I'm 57, uh, which means I really only have three more days to book something good because I said I was going to book something really big. Uh, maybe the audition today will count under the LT guys because 57 means I turn into Byron Hunt. That is hysterical for someone who just drove off the road. Otherwise, it's not really that funny. But I'm going to have to, when I give the weight, you're going to have to be, you're going to be like, the official governing body of the WBA, LBA. Remember, remember back then it was like eight. Yeah, uh, they're still they're still all there. Trust me. Um, like we are gonna minutes. have to. You're gonna have to rule whether I am. I, I qualified for my 195. I also have a couple tricks that I could help you with when it comes to like I, I uh, finessing the like scale. That. You know, just put your finger on the on the counter next to you. You know, and press a little bit on it, and you'll lose a pound. Maybe, but that's kind of. You know, uh, I know I'll try to pee a lot before I get on, uh, but I have to by 11 o'clock show. I'm about to wait to the end of the show. If I have to pee or poop or I got to, I'll be spitting up blood. I got to see. I, I just don't think I can lose. Really, it's five pounds in three days. I no, probably like you can do it. You you just have to I, completely dehydrate yourself. You got to sit in a sauna and then not eat for 24 hours and you'll float the weight. Floating the weight means you won't even have to just don't eat. Now, unofficially, in order to qualify for the WBA, unofficially, but I wanted to make this a championship bout. I really did. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. What's going to end up happening here? Hit the sauna for a couple days. I know. Sweat it out. I know, but I don't. It's easier said than done because when you sweat out water weight, the minute you you take a sip of water, your body's going to retain that. You have to go to the sauna for two days before and very and drink very minimal. So your intake has to be less than you sweat. Okay, now again, this is where Chris Gucci, he is the earnest biner of producers, and I'll tell you why. He's been wonderful, but then he, you guys throw the word sauna out as if, as if how many of my friends just can casually go to a sauna? I, I wouldn't know where to, where, the gym. Where, well, don't you go play club. pickleball somewhere? It's yeah. some, um, yeah, it's some place. Ninety degrees outside. I guarantee you, they got a sauna in there. You, you guys are all jerk offs. Go to the sauna. You made it sound like go to McDonald's, get a burger. No, I'm not telling you that you should do that There's because no I don't want you to pass you. away. But I do think I that you... sauna right, is a dangerous well, place sometimes. What weight do you think unofficially? Because I know you have to rule on Thursday. What weight do you think I have to be at for you, Chris Gucci? To uh, obviously we'll talk about it. Oh, we're not going to do a show next Monday. We're going to do it Tuesday. Yeah, Does that work for you? Yeah. So real quick, just to give you the understanding of how these things work in terms of weigh-ins for championship bouts, you get a one-pound allowance for non-title fights. If this is a title fight, you got to make championship weight, so that's 195. If the, in the event that you're not putting your title on the line then or you're not challenging for the title, then it's you get the one pound, so you get to be 196. But if it is a title fight and you don't weigh in at 195 – you have to forfeit 30% of your purse to the opponent. And then 
There's a, a oh. hundreds of other things that well, could all be All the money in. I make on my podcast, I have to give up 30%. 30%. All the money I pay to Doug <laughs> means he loses 30%. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why do, why, why why do I lose? lose? What yes, do you mean lose? you're in business with me. Everybody loses 30%. <laughs> Real quick, we are live. And uh, Michael Caprio says, good afternoon. Along with, he was somewhere last week and checked out the saunas. Michael, where were you? Where you checked out the saunas? Were you someplace you could discuss? Was it near like I don't know. He says was there last week. Checked out the saunas, so I don't know. Is he? Is Mike Caprio hitting on me? The reason why maybe he wants to send the sauna with you because Mike Caprio (laughs) is also one of our sponsors. So maybe. So what? You know what? I'm getting texts that are saying that I have to be in a sauna with Mike Caprio and Johnine Michaud. Now that's getting. Are we taking this too far, Chris? (laughs) All our advertisers have to be in a sauna. This is not right. It's not right, I tell you. All right. Well, I will weigh in on Sojo Thursday. Sojo Spa Club. <laughs> I love Michael Caprio. We're going to get to him in a minute because he is from Cornhole. Um, all right. So that's it. I'm right now 199.9. I've been hustling. I've been, I'm on day, I think I'm on day 20. I forget. I'm on so many days consecutive of over 10,000 steps. I feel good about that. I've been out and about. Trying to get involved. So let's talk about sports real quick. Of course, uh, this beginning of the show took longer than I thought, but that's okay. Because we love talking about anything we want because it's my show. I get to decide what we do. We'll talk about the New York Rangers down two to one. Look, I'm having a blast with this. I am one of the biggest Ranger fans only during the playoffs of all time. Um, I don't watch. I, I This year I logged in. On my Apple Watch, about 57 seconds of Ranger watching. That includes Devils and the Islanders and highlights, including like even on Eyewitness News. But I love watching the playoffs. Um, I thought the Rangers goalie was shitty during the Penguin series. Everybody said I was wrong, but the visual to me was off. I think the Ranger goalie now really looks like it's like, well, it's either I win it or we don't because the rest of the Rangers, you know, uh, they can't, they don't know how to shoot anything on goal. But the games are close. They're fun. Clearly, Carolina's way better, if you ask me. But we got a great goalie in there. We're hanging tough. The guy changed it around. Some of the shifts. It was fun to watch. Game was, you know, all, all one-point games, really. Um, and I'm just loving it. I mean, uh, you know, you know what it's like? It's like soccer for me. I hate soccer. Everybody knows that. But, like, during the World Cup, when your team is playing, the Americans, not when Ireland or Italy's playing. We already had that argument. These stupid people going like, oh, go to Italy. No, no, just because you're Italian. Don't go nuts over that. Italy won it. They make me sick. Um, so, uh, but during the World Cup, when the Americans are in it, uh, you feel like there's like, this is this is cool. Like, you know, I don't have to watch soccer for four years, but I'll watch it um, when that is. So I enjoy uh, the NHL playoffs only because like overtimes are just crazy. It's like so unfair how it is. You can be kicking someone's ass, you go to overtime, and a shitty goal just sneaks through. It's like, ah, I love it. Uh, I know, Chris, you're a huge hockey fan. Uh, <laughs> he go, You go out of your way to, like, not discuss hockey. Uh, it's not that I go out of my way to not discuss it. I don't know anything about it other than Are you a I've Ranger learned. fan, though? If you, are you, do you root for the Rangers? Absolutely Ranger? not. Um, I'm the anti-Rangers fan. I wouldn't say I don't like the Rangers, but I just don't get on board with a local team just because it's a local team. I've played 
a lot of NHL hockey on the video game. And typically I play with either Calgary in the older game or I played with Tampa Bay in the newer game. And this is who I've been using. So I like Tampa runners. Bay. They got two-time defending champions, but I'm not a front runner. I just don't care about it. And to me, here's what I equate hockey, watching hockey to. And no disrespect to hockey because I understand how hard it is. And, and it is an exciting sport when they fight. But other than that, I just can't get behind it. It looks like you ever have one of those bad dreams where you're in a fight and you're trying to throw punches, but you just can't land them. When the team that you're rooting for has the puck, that's the equivalent of the feeling that I get when I'm like, they need to score, but they're just, they just can't move. And it feels that way to me. So frustrating and just not enough scoring. They have a new hockey league out where they don't even play hockey. They line up in hockey uniforms on skates and they just fight. That's great. See, I can, I love the fighting. Uh, That to me is like, all right, if they settled overtime, if they were like, okay, we have an overtime and it doesn't work out after the first overtime, you pick a guy, we'll pick a guy and they fight to settle it. Then then that's, you're one of those MMA guys. The only thing I don't agree with anything. I agree with what you just said. And uh, of course, when we talk about things like this, a lot of it's tongue in cheek. We're having fun. But you just said, like when I play the NHL video games, after that, I all I heard was. <laughs> but again, I'm 56 and you're 39. Um, and that's the difference. I just missed this video game stuff, uh, which is a nine billion dollar business worldwide. Um, but yes, me and Chris are not hockey fans, but we do get a kick out of how exciting it is. And I, I think I don't guys- I don't root against the Rangers because I have friends that are Rangers fans. So I root for the Rangers for their success. But well, when they lose, I don't 19- give I don't care. In 1994, how old were you? You were 11. I was 12. Yeah, or 11, 12. Yeah, so you don't really remember like drinking during Rangers. No, I remember it <laughs> happening. I didn't care then either, though. You weren't in a bar drinking. So that, by the way, when you root for your new rule, okay, and Chris is totally going to be on board with this. Outside of my dad rooted for it, all that shit, which I am for the Yankees, Chris and, and Dave with the Packer Cowboy bullshit. Um, to me, the first time you really get into your team is when you're uh, Chris. I, you're, you're already half smiling because you know where I'm going with this. You have to enjoy your first drinking at a bar with your buddies when your team is in the big thing. Yeah, that to me is when you're like. I know Yankee fans who are like, like during the Jeter run. I turned like 21, 21 during the Jeter run. Yeah, so, it so was like. like you're you could say you were a yankee fan when you were little i might agree but to me you you became a a yankee fan at riffy's or one of the bars that were back in probably and you know i was the guy that i was at i was at yankee stadium 20 times a year 25 times a year every playoff series all that shit so like i was spending every dollar i earned was going to the yankee game i root for everybody to enjoy their well, I'm not saying like drinking, like alcoholic rage. I'm talking about like when you can be out with people, boozing, yeah. having a good time, yelling at the TV, and yeah. yelling at the television. That to me is a rite of passion. Um, so uh, there you go. So let's talk about our Yankees now. Um, Yankees are playing good baseball still. They lost two yesterday, but they have a great record. So again, I feel stupid busting their chops, but I don't know. I still think Gallo, Higgy, Hicks, and here's a guy. Here's a guy that everyone, for some reason, is not nailing to the cross, and I don't understand it. I think this guy Rizzo stinks, and here's why. I'm convinced, Chris, that if you or I were batting in between Judge and Stanton, who are arguably having like 
MVP t- kind of seasons, kind of, you know, a little, a little bias there. And he's only batting like 228. This guy stinks. He plays the Yankee Stadium. He's a he's a lefty. It's uh, it's 194 to hit a home run. And everybody talks about his uh, he stinks. I, I, I for some reason, I, whoever does his PR, I want to hire for this show. Because it'll be like Jimmy Palumbo just goes ahead of Joe Rogan for downloads here. This guy Rizzo, I think, stinks. Um, anyway, you know I, I'm gonna dispute this, gallo. right? You know I'm gonna dispute yeah, because, this. But I go by 228, and he doesn't hit, he doesn't have any RBIs or or home runs. W- w- what's there to dispute? He because stinks. I understand. Look, to me, you're looking at his numbers as a whole. I'm looking at how Aaron Judge's numbers have shot out of a cannon and Stanton's numbers have shot out of a cannon since they had a lefty batting in between them that has a power threat. That changes the way the teams approach them. Trust me, their numbers are are through the roof better when Rizzo's in in the lineup. But but here's the thing, though. How great is it if you're the opposing manager, you're like, all right, we we got to face Judge, but the guy after him always sucks. So that's like, yeah, that's but, like, so no, it's, but here's he the looks thing. at it like this. He's like, we got judge. Then it's like kind of having a pitcher bat. And then we got to face Stan. Yeah. But a pitcher, the, guy, a pitcher that if you make a mistake against him, he's hitting it out of the park. No, no, but how many home runs has he got? He's like third in the AL. How many home runs? How many RBIs does he have? I mean, the guy's got to be on base for so you to get he's a got RBI. 12 home runs. He's got maybe 12 RBIs. He stinks. He, he, and when I say stinks, I mean it with an asterisk in terms of fans. They, we rip on Gallo because Gallo went, Gallo's back like 112. And, but I think, I, I think Rizzo stinks. I don't care what anybody says. Um, but also Hicks, my God, he looks awful. Um, and here's another guy I'm about to bash. Um, uh, Cause I think the Yankees have three good players. Cortez four, sorry, Cortez. Um, what's his name? The uh, Cole, um, uh, Judge and Stanton. But you know what? Like, you know who's awesome? I just was watching him a little bit over the weekend. The guy Devers on the Red Sox. This guy's batting 335. He hits the ball hard. He hits RBIs. He's like, man, is he the whole package? But you know who I think is not catching shit in New York because their team's doing well? Um, doesn't Lindor make like $78 million an inning? He's batting 239. He's in like Rizzo category there. Yeah, I think Lindor should be catching some real heat. I don't care how good a shortstop he plays, two thirty nine, and you're one of the highest paid players in baseball. Yeah, two thirty nine is not, not acceptable. He's got to be batting like two sixty five, and then I'll be like, all right, because that's what you got, though. Well, you got to look at Lindor's average before he came there. You're not getting no, he's a batting guy. thirty like thirty points less than what he has. I, I just think this guy. Uh, he 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 is exciting to watch, and he's always clapping, and he's like the he's the spearhead. Oh, he's definitely you know he's definitely slightly overpaid at this point, but slightly. Uh, if I were Judge, I would I would you know what I would do? I would say if I were Aaron Judge, I'd wait. Yeah, season, slightly overpaid. You want to? I would know why? say, hey, Lindor, look at the I gotta contracts. Go, I got to go up to Lindor and say, Lindor, can you come with me to Cashman's office while I'm negotiating? I'm just gonna have him stare at you and say, look at this guy who stinks. Anyway, I are think you ready Lindor to admit that you were dead wrong shit. about Judge yet? Well, by the way, did you see that little slip in the outfield? How close did I become becoming so right? Are you rooting you for Judge to get hurt thinking. so you could be right? Well, that's exactly what was my whole point. Yeah, one, but, the Yankees offered it. So the, the only way you could be right is if Aaron Judge gets hurt. 
So then you'd no, be like, I told you so. And then no, you have a that, silver lining. But, but that, no. But you, you, see, you're forgetting my argument. My argument was, yes, he's, if the season goes on, he's going to probably get, oh, look at that, Adrian Full getting involved. Hey, what's up, buddy? I uh, know the Chicago guy. Um, no, you don't understand. He's, the way it is now, he's probably going to get 80 or $90 million more. There's no question about that. But if he gets hurt, what, it's not worth it. It wasn't worth it. If he gets hurt, he won't get 80. He's going to get $20 million more. Why? I always looked at it as like going so to So if Vegas. he gets hurt, he's going to get more even if he gets hurt. He's going to get more regardless. He's going to, he's going to get more than what the Yankees offered him no matter and what we, happens this year. I could promise you listen, that. We can't, if he, if he blows out an ACL, he's going to get more than $230 million. I'll guarantee it. Listen to me. Oh, from another team, maybe. But more. Yeah, okay. Well, listen. Uh, I think Aaron Judge is going to sign with the Yankees anyway. I don't care if someone offers him $50 million more. He's still going to stay. The gamble was not worth it. I don't care what anybody says. But we'll see. We can't make this discussion until he hopefully he doesn't well, get hurt. When, he's, when he signs that back. contract and he got, like like you said, 60 to $80 million more in there, then it was worth Listen, it. Listen, if, if Judge gets hurt, it'll be brutal because then like Gallo and Rizzo have to play more. It's awful. Um, anyway. Let's talk about the PGA, which I find – I don't watch much golf. I really don't. But I yeah, well, I kind of watch the majors, or I, or I keep an eye on it. I just laugh, and I know – what happened on that last hole? And I think, Chris, you may agree with me. I don't know. To me, it's like that's exactly what ha would have happened to you or I. It's like, dude, par the hole, and you win for the first time. He's from Chile or Chile, whatever you want to call it. He's going to win the, a master, right? All he got to do is par the hole. And there's two guys behind him at, at the one stroke lead behind and you par, you win. If you bogey, you're in the playoff. It's like, it's such a nice atmosphere. The guy played tremendous golf all you know for four days. And the first one, he rips foul. And, <laughs> and not only does he like, I, if I were me, I, 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 suicide prevention, I would be like, well, I, what do you mean? I'm not, and then you have to watch the playoff. It's mostly in the interview. They had to shut the TVs off. And then if you're the guy, he was down seven strokes to start Sunday. So he just said, screw it. I'm just going to play some golf. And then next day, he's like, and you knew he had to be, nobody was confident. You can't watch the last hole and be like, oh, he's definitely got a double bogey here. You know, uh, then it would have been a three-way playoff. What was it? A $1.8 million? $1.8 million missed shots and all that. Uh, of course, a, a Tiger Woods, everybody's ripping on Tiger Woods. I got a different take on it. Everybody's saying he's shot. He's done. He doesn't play that much anymore. Only the majors. Blah, blah, I get it. But I don't think anybody talks about what he had to do to make the cut. Look at the names of the guys who, in the last nine holes Friday, were in the running for making the cut, and Tiger actually pulled it off. I get, I'm not a Tiger Woods fan. I think he's a little bit of a jerk-off. Best golfer of all time. He can make the argument. But he actually clawed and fought to make the cut, where a lot of other names were down by a stroke or two of the cut, and they shit the bed. And after that, Saturday had a brutal day, and I think his leg is hurt and all that other stuff. But, you know, it's hard for him to walk around, let's face it. But I, people that actually count him out of never winning a major, uh, I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm definitely not like, counting him like out. people who have counted out LeBron James because – Wasn't you know, it just like, – wasn't it, I mean, fairly recent where he, he had a nice little round. You could put it together for a couple of days. It is, after yeah, all, Tiger no Woods. You know, it's, Michael it's Jordan dropped 50 when he was 50. Pretty much. You know what? It's like LeBron James. Even though LeBron is older, I have no doubt LeBron James is going to come out one year, sign with a team that has nine All-Stars already, and he can win the championship again. That's my faith in LeBron James. Um, of course, uh, 
That was just a little dig at LeBron. But you can't count out guys like LeBron and Jordan. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. Um, so, yes, PGA, the poor guy. God, he double bogeyed the last hole. And you could see it, too. Like, he just, like, he was, like, I'm, I'm blowing this. It's so, like, imagine being your family. Probably half the country was watching back in his hometown and just – Oh my God! What do you say? All right, but well that's it. I, I, I'm not a golf guy. So what the hell do I know about golf? I know when a guy shits the bed, um, and he shit the bed. I got a big shout out to another favorite sport of mine. Maybe this show should be called the Jimmy's Non-Favorite Sports Show. Uh, Rutgers Lacrosse making the Final Four. To me, this is a big deal. Um, I'm not a lacrosse fan, but my uh, nieces and nephews all played it, and I, I always wish them well. And they're they were all very good at it including Madison, which is an NIL agreement user here at Chop Sports. Um, my niece, Madison, who's awesome. She plays for Central Connecticut State. And um, But Rutgers making the Final Four, you know, uh, that's just awesome. The kid's playing really well. And uh, what I really think, what I like about it, I think Rutgers has like 21 sports, you know, in the Big Ten and stuff. And when they first joined the Big Ten, I believe probably all 21 finished in the bottom four Um Maybe not wrestling, but they all they're all very low in the Big Ten. But in the last two or three years, the Rutgers sports, all of the sports, every one of them pretty much has gone up to almost the middle of the pack, um, which is cool. A couple haven't yet. Um, but of course, obviously wrestling is really awesome. Basketball team making tournaments and stuff. But um Big Daddy football, when you don't do it in football, you 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 literally you suffer all 21 sports. But still, as a Rutgers fan, uh, they don't Rutgers does not suck in the big 10. You can now make that statement. Um, and maybe this year I predict Rutgers will have one huge, huge, huge knock somebody off. That's my prediction. Just one. Now they may get knocked off themselves by somebody else, but they're going to, they're going to uppercut one team. That's my prediction, but good Rutgers lacrosse. They're in the final four, which is next week. By the time I try to figure out how they even run that tournament, I'll be an old man. But it's time right now for our second sponsor of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to discuss, okay, CornholeLevel.com. That's right, Cornhole Level. I still got my little gadget here, which I left in the studios. Um, this little thing right here, it's $19.95, but if you put in JP Show or Chop Sports into the uh, code thing, promo code box on online at CornholeLevel.com, you will get this little gadget. Now, let me tell you something. Uh, I should probably, maybe I should hang this gadget on my glasses to see if I'm, I'm on the level. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll do this whole thing with this thing. I am on Anyway, what it does is you hook this thing on the hole and you move it to and fro and up and down. And there's a little bubble in there, just like a level. And what it does is it levels your, uh, like right here, I have to move it a little bit. It levels your cornhole. Um, uh, is, there, is there a word for this thing? What do you call it? Just said it levels your cornhole, and then you stopped, so that came off very off-putting okay. to the audience. But is there like a weird word? Like I just know, think that's a cornhole board. Cornhole board. That's it. I bet there's some word that someone will invent. It's called like, oh, that's the rickety. Oh, you got a bad shaman luckily. Um, and uh, but this thing totally levels it. Look, my buddy Mike Caprio designed this because he got aggravated because he sucks in cornhole, and he got just a little better, and he designed this. Uh, by the way, my, it's fun to bash uh, my advertisers. That's how I roll here. I bash Undefeated Media, Absolute Eyewear, and CornholeLevel.com. But you got to check this thing out. It's only $19.95. Um, this is great material to bring to a barbecue. Uh, 
I guess I got to read all the stats about this thing. No more using the regular level to level your uh, cornhole board. It instantly measures pitch and roll. Works on all cornhole boards, small enough to take with you anywhere, indoors, outdoors, barbecues, tournaments. Simply drop on the board, level and play. And he's going to be at the Chop Sports Barbecue on June 24th. 26th. It's June 26th. 26th. Uh, I just want to make sure you're still doing the show. Uh, June 26th at uh, Merrill Park. Um, Getting um, live, live, live updates on my wallet situation. But okay. I, I, All right. We're going to get to that in a second. No, no, no. So we don't have come to. Come check him out. He's going to have. We're going to be playing some cornhole there. And everybody knows how much I love cornhole. Everybody knows how good I am at it. But I just didn't play for 20 minutes to get good at it yet. So I feel bad. People are like, Jimmy, you're not any good. I'm like, I know. I, I got to do my... It's like I gotta do my 20 minutes and then I'll I'll be ranked eighth in the country. And um, so it's like pickleball. Uh you play pickleball for two weeks, and it's like, well, I'm on ESPN now playing pickleball. Uh that's a funny joke if you play pickleball. Anyway, check this thing out. Cornholelevel.com. Promo code JP Sports Show. No, JP what the hell is it? JP Show and uh also Chop Sports and get your 10 or 20% off, whatever the hell it is. And Caprio's listening live. Um He's been busting my balls all weekend, so there's your spot there, buddy. Love you to death. Um, all right, let's see. Chris, my weekend. Uh, well, you know, first of all, give me an update on your wallet. There is no update. It's like they don't have it. So I got to call the uh, – I got to proceed with, A, I'm going to so, go over there and look myself because I have to okay, do that. So here's what I think The guy took it. He took the cash. How much cash was in it? Over 100 bucks? Yeah, it was over definitely like, you know, between two and three. Okay, two or three hundred dollars. That sucks, by the way. Yeah. Um, two or three hundred dollars in cash. He took the cash, tossed it into the bushes. Okay. That's what people do when you're trying to steal money. Um, and then oh shit, he the guy's looking now. And so they wanted to at least maybe figure out a way, but then he realized, no, then we now we gotta just get rid of this wallet. So we like there's no cameras. I would say you call up the guy. And say, hey, you know, there's like cameras that can see the bench. I don't feel like go calling up the company and doing the. Well, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call the owner because you know they're not speaking really. It's like broken English. It's hard to communicate with these guys over there. So I'm gonna call yeah. the owner of the company and say, hey, look, you know, you got your your guys. He said, do you I have saw a the lead wallet. name? Usually, do you have one lead name from the guy? By the way, they all speak English. By the way. Oh, I know. You know yeah. Right? Uh, so, um, and listen, I'm not bashing the landscapers. Those guys work hard, by the way. They yeah, of course. Of course. But and somebody, look, I'm not even, I'm not even really mad about, I mean, if I find a wallet and I see business cards of the building that I'm cutting the grass for, and it's like, oh, chop sports. I look up at the sign and it says chop sports. I'm probably going to walk in the building and say, Hey, I found this. That's me. I'm not going to hold anybody accountable. Yeah. I would probably just take $20, not the whole 300 <laughs> No, I always I think returning it, you get so much more out of going out of your way to returning the wallet. You feel or, like you're or take the money, take the money and put the wallet on the on the steps outside the building. Right. Because you know, listen, it's common knowledge. Everybody knows where Chop Sports is. Because on the Jimmy yeah. Pombo show, we always say from yeah. downtown Manawa. But I hope you get your wallet. Hope you now we have a topic for next week's show. Will Chris get his wallet back? Um, yes. Did so he get into Tiki Bar with the um, with the paper ID that you have to print off online? Because right oh, now I have no, no ID. Plus, by the way, you just clearly also don't look twenty one. Well, yeah, but these these days it's very different because 
you got to go they in by yourself because if you walk in with your girlfriend, they're not exactly, gonna exactly. Well, you know, if I walk in with my girlfriend and, and eight girls, they might not care because it'll be with her and her friends. But at the same time, you know, I'm not really trying to have that conversation There's in front of 10 people. Tiki bar. Well, the Tiki bar is the only bar down the shore you're allowed to go in if you're over 40. Um, but um, this weekend uh, I did stand up. Okay. Now, classic, Chris, you would have, you would have uh, dug here. <laughs> I did it at the Lake Stockton, uh, Lake Stockton Comedy Night. It was this little lake with a bunch of houses around it. It's kind of a pretty lake with a little bit of a beach, and they just everybody brought their beach chairs. There was like only a porta potty as a bathroom. There was no clubhouse. It was underneath this like little porch that had bees all over it and bugs all over the place. I had to wear like off all over, and uh, <laughs> I was like, oh my god! But also the coolest thing was. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. These people really are sitting in their chairs. They're drinking beers. And uh, there was about 100 people there. And uh, But the cool thing was with the microphone, it's like whoever set up the microphone, perfect, like, uh, you know, perfect miking, as they say. Because when you talked really loud, if you pushed it, there was an echo across the lake. So immediately I had to go into Bob Shepard. And I was so into it. I They didn't know who I was. I was just like, ladies and gentlemen, now doing stand-up. At Lake St- and I was like, you got that little bit of an echo. I was like, uh, part of me wanted to just like, I want to go there tomorrow and just sit with the speaker and just do Bob Shepard for two hours. Just start just, recording all your live reads. Yeah, all live reads are from Lake Stockton. <laughs> but it was a good time. Cool people. Uh, big shout out to Bobby Gonzo, who uh, booked me the gig. I made a few dollars. I had fun up there. It was also in an area I don't know much about, Sussex County up there. I was actually doing I, my my first bit was kind of like didn't they shoot Friday the Thirteenth up here? You guys look like you're the people that didn't die, but then I had to talk about you know Mark Wahlberg that I had on my show from Temptation Island and uh, Antiques Roadshow. I know I discussed this. His wife is considered horror film royalty because his wife was the first person killed in the Friday the Thirteenth series. When I said that, matter of fact, I got to text Mark this. When I said that. You heard like an ooh and an ah, as if like, well, it was like, if I said I'm personal friends with Derek Jeter, I would have got the same reaction with this crowd as I know, I know personally the first person killed in Friday the 13th, uh, which was really awesome. But uh, it was a cool gig. Uh, I also had, my daughter had a dance competition. I worked, I ended up staying there, hanging out with Bobby Gonzo, and he wanted me to mingle with the crowd afterwards. So by the time I got home, it was very, very, very late. And um, I had to be in freehold, so from Ramsey to freehold, by 8.56, no, 8, 8.56 in the morning. And it's like an hour and 35 minutes away from my house. So I woke up, feeling like shit, tired, couldn't fall asleep when you first got home. I had to shower. By the time I got up, I shot down. That was annoying. And I wanted to see my daughter do her solo. That's what dads do. You make it happen if you can. And I didn't mind one bit. Um but the weirdest thing happened at this competition. It was at a place called I Play America, which is like half the building is like an indoor St. John Vianney Fair with like rod rides. Yeah, no, like I know where to play. I know what it is. Down in Freehold, they probably have a couple of them around. Mm-hmm. And they also have like a pub in there, and also they had food that they were selling. But people didn't realize you go to the left, you can get a pub food, but you go to the right where the competition is. And they had like food, but it had like shitty food, not like a lot of these people, especially Bergen County, they're health conscious. Dude, they were checking bags, okay, as if you were at Newark Airport, okay, 
uh, it was like they were checking me only for food. You could have walked in with an AK-47, a gun, no, no problem, you know, push it up. But if you walked in with a box of uh, munchkins or, 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 or any kind of uh, bagels, there was girls shoving bagels like in their shirts, trying to like back it in. And these two, two ladies in their 60s, they look like offensive linemen for, you know, uh, for uh, Texas A&M. They were like checking bags and yelling and looking out the window. Look at them. That one, they were looking at the cars coming in, who was shoving bagels in their pocket. I'm like, this is insanity. Uh, I walked in with a cup of coffee. She busted my balls. And I gave her a look like, uh, I'm not giving up my cup of coffee. And my daughter's going on stage soon. So I did the old, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep going. And if you got to call the sheriff, then, uh, you know, I win. Because if you get, I, you know, I just was like, you know what I mean? I had to look. I was tired. It was morning. I had my Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And I was like. No, uh, I'm bringing in my car. What would you have done if she just put you right on your ass right there? She just she, well, she could have pancaked you in a. For sure. I might have been able to juke her at the line, maybe get deep, but you know, if you were quarterback, you would have thrown the ball short for an interception. But I got in there. My daughter did great. Uh, the King Center did great. All the all their dances, um, they really did. But I was really proud of my daughter. Shout out because, you know, listen, she's she's a good little dancer, but it's the first time doing a solo. So this is her, I don't know, fifth or sixth time doing it. First year doing a solo. And, you know, sometimes she gets nervous and she, you know, we, we talk about, you know, I kind of give her my acting or showbiz insights. You know, now you just got to go up there and do it, you know. And I thought she nailed it. She looked confident. It was really fun to watch. Um, and the rest of her dances were cool. Um, but the place was just, you know, uh, out of control with the security. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, they have, like, like rap stars do concerts there. What, what is the security like there? They, they call the FBI in? I mean, but you know what? I guess rap fans of rap people don't bring in food. Uh, maybe they bring in booze. I don't know. But literally, I could have walked in with a usually it's just weed. Yeah, maybe that too. But that was it down there. And I play America. The King Center did well. I also uh, look started playing pickleball again. And it was a little, little, little sticky out Saturday. Play a little bit during the week as well. I'm starting to get I'm starting to pick up my game a little bit because I'm tired of people telling me how good they are in pickleball, and I'm tired of me telling them. You're not that good. It's just an easy sport to play. Like, Chris, you say you play tennis a little bit. If you played pickleball three times, you would – I might be a little bit better than you, but it would be like you wouldn't notice from 60 yards away if we were watching. You, know, you wouldn't be able to go, oh, look at that. Jimmy's way better. Okay, it's one of those sports. And until you play – the first time you play pickleball, you're actually going to stop and text me and say, Jimmy, you're so right. The first 10, No, I'm minutes, probably going to be like, Jimmy, I'm not going to be like – a little worse than you. I'm going to be a lot better than you. Okay, you probably think that way because you're like you. You think you're in shape, even though everybody knows you're a fat bastard. Um, but uh, I just love calling Chris fat because he's not fat really, but he kind of is. Um, Skinny fat. He's now, I'm know, 40. Listen, look, what do you listen, expect? Listen, I look like Trevor. I can say that now. You're not 40 yet, though, bro. You got three I more know. days. Um, but I actually, I, I'm going to throw this. I'm, I was going to, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. I'm actually going to throw someone above the bus. I played with this lady. Her name is Barbara. I'm 56. I, I, she's got to be at least 10 years older than me. She's like an older grandmother looking lady. I played with her. And dude, she was so awesome. Like the only reason why I'm better is because I'm younger and maybe because I'm a guy, but like, she was so awesome. I was like, I, I want to play with you all day. Cause like you get in these matches with these two guys 
and they think like, oh, no, we're just going to whack it at the older lady. And like, I was like, go ahead, because it's coming right back at you, man. Like, she couldn't move that well, but she positioned herself so beautifully where in order for you to make her move, you had to make an awesome shot. Like, And I could see in the other guy's face, we were up like 10 to 6, and I could see the guy was like, I can't believe we're going to lose to this old lady. And I'm looking at him like, I can because you stink. And you're afraid to hit it to me because if you hit it to me, I'm going to smack it back. But if you go to old Barb over there, she was wonderful. We had funny one-liners in between points. I'm actually going to buy the paddle she has because it's like this awesome-looking paddle. And I'm like, I love the way the ball sounded off. It was great. So a big shout-out to Barbara. You are a wonderful player. Um, but something weird happened during the match. And, again, you got to watch because people who play pickleball are creepy. I've been saying this. They're creepy nice. They're nice, but they're creepy. That's a joke, but it's funny only if you play pickleball up in Bergen County. Um, but the woman was playing, again, a lady about to, probably 10 years older than me. And some of the women like to play with the men because they like to see where they stand. You know, they, like, they, want, they have competitive juices. They were probably athletes. I love it. I don't care. Uh, and, you know, you, you, what you do is you, you play the match. You, you rotate players the whole day. So sometimes you're the worst player on the court. Sometimes you're the best player, and that makes you a better player by trying different things. But I hit a shot down the line, and she went for it, and she hurt her back. And I could tell she really was going, like, oh. I was like, hey, you okay? You okay? And she's like, oh, I hurt my back. And then she goes, yeah, I'm all right. She started playing. We were up like five to two or something like that. But she tried to swing again, and she was like, I was like, I stopped the point. I was like, hey, are you okay? She's like, nah, I really hurt my back, but let's just finish it out. But it was like, I was like, all right. And then I told my partner, just hit it to her partner at all costs. Don't hit it to the lady. So that's what we did. And then she's like, she couldn't move, but she goes, oh, I can see what you're doing. You're not hitting it to me. Well, I'm like, I'm like, well, ma'am, uh, you're really hurt. I, you, I, like, what are you doing here? It's hot out. You're hurt. Like, don't you want to play next week? Like, maybe you, maybe you really hurt something. We ended up playing another two or three points. She goes, uh, maybe I shouldn't play. She was walking off at like one mile an hour, like every, like she couldn't move. And the girl I was playing with was kind enough to like try to help her back to her car. But then she goes, well, no, let me sit on the bench. Maybe I'll loosen it up. And I'm looking at this lady like, lady, you seem like a nice person and you're a very good player. You got hurt. Go home. I sit down, have a cocktail, relax. She wouldn't. We had to help her into the car. I was like, are you okay to drive home? Should we call your husband or whatever? And she's like, no, I'm all right. She looked like she was ready to like, you know. She looked like me trying to lose weight. But as these pickle people, they get so in, it's addicting this sport. And everybody thinks they're like, you know, John McEnroe, and they're not. So, how much uh, is a pickleball paddle? For, uh, you can get one for 30 or 40 bucks, but you should probably go to a store and get a package of two. And they give you two balls. And a, like Franklin sells something for like 50 bucks. You get two paddles. The paddles suck, but it won't matter to you. Play a little bit. Uh, you can play with your girl. You just go out and smack it around. Initially, if you don't have a, a pickle court i suggest just playing on a over a tennis court and uh but you gotta learn the rules and stuff it's, it's, i think they have take... one right down the street so Dude, they actually have like me. half tennis court half pickleball where they, they play it's it really it's real easy to play pickleball it's very very hard to be very very good because the pro players on espn occasionally when they when they show it they're all 30 years old ex pro tennis players so, like, they have a reach that you and I just don't have. Like, I, even if you were the same age. Like, so they do things so lightning fast, not powerful. They know how to dink, which means you tap it over. And you're like, I can never beat this guy. 
Uh, and there are two people that play at the courts I play on. They're like a girlfriend and boyfriend that uh, they're just so awesome to watch because they're fast, but it's all angles. It's like watching someone play ping pong. It's very good. It's awesome. Uh, but I, one of these days you got to play and you'll have fun. Um, another announcement, my show in Glen Rock at the, um, uh, what the hell is it called? I forget that. I always forget Stone that. and Rail. Stone and Rail <clears throat> is sold out. So I can, I can officially say that in two months I have two sellouts. Uh, so Jimmy Palumbo selling out capacity crowds here. Also, here at uh, Undefeated Media, which is one of the largest media companies uh, in Wyckoff. <laughs> and you know what? That's probably Thanks. not even true. That is true. That's 100% true. Okay. That's 100% true. Because I'm pretty sure Chop Sports is the biggest media group in downtown Matawan. So that's what I do. So listen, if you're in a town and you have some kind of media group, you got to be in a town where you're number one. Then I'll consider doing my podcast. Right? Yeah. Nice. Even if it's like some you know small shore town down the shore. But um, I'm actually going to do my first audition here. I, I'm not going to say what the audition is, but it's one of those, Chris, which you'll appreciate. It's like one of those tournaments you enter in pro sports where it's not, it's not a major, but like the winner wins like a lot of money. <laughs> you see the guy like, I know I didn't. I know I didn't win a major in two years, but I just won twice the money that I win at those majors. So this one of those. I have an audition where it's real simple. These are the ones. It's like two outs in the ninth inning, game seven of the World Series, runner on third, and you're up. You get a base hit, you're the hero. If you strike out, you suck. Uh, I have one of these auditions. Um, it's it's a pure money-making one, so uh, that's what we want. Hopefully Doug and his uh, wonderful facilities here will help me out, which he will. I'm busting his balls, but I know he'll do a good job. Um, I admit it again. Uh, I watched another episode of This Is Us, the second to last one. But I believe it was kind of the official last one. I think they're doing a little bit of a retrospective uh, tomorrow night. Um, I'm a big fan of the show This Is Us. They just nailed it. Best way to end the show ever because they took eight weeks to do it. They nailed it. Um, and also Better Call Saul. Again, this show is just the Michael Jordan of shows. I know people bailed on it. Everybody's afraid of, uh, uh, yeah, what the hell's the other show? Um, uh, behaving up. Jesus Christ. Breaking Bad. Breaking, Breaking Bad. bad. <laughs> I, I need to take a, a Ginkgo Biloba or something. I'm like, you know, if I ever forget, like, who Lawrence Taylor is. <laughs> but uh, it's a prequel to Breaking Bad. A lot of people bailed on it. Big mistake. It's really cool. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. But I got to talk about another show. And this is, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to access the inner uh, feminine side uh, for Jimmy Palumbo. Um, there's a show called uh, First Lady. It's on uh, It's on Showtime, one of those channels. Yeah, I think it's on Showtime. And it's really pretty much about Michelle Obama, Betty Ford, and Eleanor Roosevelt. They split back and forth. And Michelle Obama is played by Viola Davis, which, you know, she's, she's a tough out. Betty Ford is... Uh, with my favorite actress of all time, Michelle Pfeiffer, only because I did a movie with her and she was sweet. And also Eleanor Roosevelt is played by um, Gillian Anderson from the X-Files. And she is just, uh, she's calling for the ball with six seconds to go. And there are three, everybody knows who Michelle Obama, Betty Ford, and Eleanor Roosevelt are. It's really a cool thing showing what it's like to be, and I know you didn't watch the show, Chris, but it's really about what it's like to be the first lady and the pitfalls when you first come in, what your agenda is, how do you work with your husband? And the reason why I have an interest in this book, don't ask me why. I read a book 
probably 50, not 50, maybe 10 years ago on the first ladies. Uh, I, I, I got, I forgot who gave it to me and it was in my bag. I was on a train. So I started reading it next to, you know, it covered all the, the presidents from like, I don't know, from Lincoln's wife all the way to, uh, to Hillary, uh, no, to, uh, yeah, to Hillary when she was with, with Bill there in the office. And I was blown away by how some first ladies pretty much didn't do much. They just stayed home, didn't care. And other first ladies were like so involved with their president's uh, like policy and stuff. It's really incredible. And how they had different meetings. They're like Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan just got on the phone. She In her bed, she had a phone next to her bed. She just got on the phone and she called up like senators and senators' wives saying like, hey, Ronnie's uh, trying to pass this thing. Tell your husband, like, she was vicious on the phone. Uh, Barbara Bush was more of the stay out of the way until she was live, which in front of, at those, when she was at one of those luncheons. And Barbara Bush had a way of walking up to people and being like this nice old lady. And next thing you know, pretty much whispering to the guy, uh, George wants you to vote this way. So you will. Uh, and then it was funny because, like, Clinton. Uh, Hillary Clinton was sitting in on meetings and finally somebody had to go, Hey Bill, um, she wasn't elected. It's like, it's like illegal for her to be here. We're talking about stuff where she doesn't have security clearance. And at first he was like, no, 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 but it's my wife. They're like, no, no, Bill, <laughs> like this United States of America. She can't be in a joint chief of staff meeting because she's not vetted out to be in here. Uh, and stuff like that. But she was heavily involved in Bill's thing. But this one, this show is great because they show Michelle Obama and what a badass she was with her kids in office. And also, you know, Betty Ford, everybody knows her from the Betty Ford Clinic. Uh, they definitely show uh, her as a boozer, but Michelle does a nice job of showing her drunk without, you know, being sloppy with it. And really how I, now that I look, I feel bad for uh, uh, Betty Ford and, and, and Gerald Ford because he never really won an election, a big football star in Michigan he didn't win an election, um, and, but he was like a, totally a state, straight up guy, a military guy. He knew he knew his stuff, but he didn't have the personality really to to, 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 to campaign and stuff. So he ends up, of course, you know, uh, Spiro Agnew was the VP. He was scandalizing everything. He gets uh, kicked out and they just go with Gerald Ford. And like he was equipped for the job for sure. And then Nixon resigned. So this guy went like, you want to talk about Miracle on Ice. Uh, he's the 1980 hockey team. He went from like out of nowhere to next, you know, having the job. And I think if you're the first lady or your family or anybody, and even Ford himself, how, how do you, how, in a year and a half, you end up being the president of the United States with, you know, with the, uh, you push a button uh, for the nuclear bombs and stuff. And uh, he also had to handle the Nixon thing and what to do with them. And some people, like the reason why he lost to Carter was because he didn't jail uh, Nixon. And I don't really want to get political, but to me, when it comes to some of these Nixon things, or sometimes you're better off um, parting them so it goes away, so the country doesn't get engulfed in a trial. Um, I feel that way now. Sometimes, dude, they just got to go away. Some of these people, but I don't know to be political. But so Betty Ford really was in a tough situation there, um, and uh, and Franklin Delano, which is cool because they're kind of showing. It seems like Eleanor was. Uh, possibly or officially gay and Franklin Roosevelt, even though he was at polio, he had lovers and they're touching on that, but also he was president during a crazy time in our country and he set some new policies that have shaped our country forever. And it's great. But I want to talk about someone on the show. Uh, 
she's an actress and she's represented by the same manager I am. And I'm friends with her. I, I, she's a colleague friend, really. She's a sweetheart and I've known her for years. Her name is Judy Greer. And she is like the ultimate character actress, even though she's kind of moving into almost a leading lady at this point now. But she is like, uh, you know what? Listen, Judy Greer, the name of my book would be called Judy Greer, I Hate You. Only because she books everything. She's like, she's like, you know, she plays the same position I do. She's just better. <laughs> she books more. She's so talented. She's so good. Um, and she actually came out with a book. It's called um, I Don't Know What You Know Me From. Because she ran into people that would go, ah, I know. how do I know you? How do I know you? Because for years, she was just that in so many different scenes and so many TV, show, TV shows. Um, she's great on this show as well. Um, she has like on IMDb 238 credits and I'm at 114. And I think I started a couple years earlier than her. So like she's got me beat. But I was like, I looked through all her shows. She's been on everything. She's a badass. Um, and it's just like, God, I, I so want her career. Her residual checks are probably twice as much as mine. But then I started looking at it and I realized, wait a minute. About 70 of her credits are from doing like the Jimmy Kimmel show and tonight shows or those talk shows. And to me, that doesn't count because those are ones you get after a booking. So I go by the pure booking ones, but I am just so far behind Judy Greer and she's really a sweet person. I did one TV show with her. I forget the name of it. Um, and she was so sweet and she's really cool. And um, so a big shout out to Judy Greer who completely like, if I'm in a room with Judy Greer, I, I stay quiet. I, like, I just, I defer all questions to her. She's more talented. She works longer. She's just better, but I, I can still, you know, achieve a betterness, but I have a long way to go to catch up to the lovely and talented Judy Greer. Um, I also want to do a, uh, do you know who she is Chris? Judy Greer? I do. You do? Okay. I had to Google um, because I had to put the face to the name, but now but I that I you, did, uh, yeah. Listen, like anybody I, doesn't know, listen to me. I, well, you know it's, it's fitting that you said the book because it's like, well, where do I know her from? And now that's what I'm trying to think of. I'm like, there's been several things that I've watched. There's no question you've watched her on TV and like significant parts, you know. Um, yeah. I would tell everybody, Google Judy Greer and I'll send you a dollar if you don't know who the hell she is by face. I'm sure you do. Yeah, um, she's from the Big Bang Theory. Yep, she yep, yep. she's been on Trust me, she's done a lot yeah. of crap. She's great, um, and I, she'll probably never wow, hear this. But, stuff, uh, maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll tell. Maybe I'll tell her because her manager is David Gardner, um, who's a really cool guy. I met him years ago when he first started. Man well, not even first start, but he was like a young kid managing, and uh, so uh, it's really awesome that David's with uh, Reps her, and he does a great job with her. Um, I also got to give a big shout out to my mother who got COVID. And so did my brother and my sister-in-law, a bunch of my family members I talked about last week. My mom's 82 and she quite just didn't quite, she's not quite back yet. So uh, I got to admit, a little nervous, Eileen Joan Palumbo. Um, she got COVID and she's still pretty banged up. Now she's on day seven or eight. Um, so we're a little worried about mom. We hope uh, she's still home and everything, but um, we hope that she bounces back Uh to be the same adorable pain in the ass mother that we know, know and love. Uh, no, my, my mother's never a pain in the ass. Well, I guess she can be, but uh, we wish you well, mom. That's our show. Uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in live. Um, Chris, a pleasure as always. And um, listen, I got to give you a happy birthday, even though I'm going to be weighing in on Thursday. Happy yeah. birthday, Chris Gucci and Jimmy Plumbo. I turned 57. Same to oh. you. 
by the way, that's depressing me. I turned 57 and you turned 40, which I remember well. Uh, I was so youth. I was fat then too, though. And, um, and that's it. And we will be back next week with a very special guest. Of course, you never quite get that right. You always have a little bit of the end of the original song. You see, when Chris does it, it's oh, always perfect. Right, so right, the pressure's right. on. Got My it, show always it. ends with a technical issue. But no, that's okay. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Hello.